Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sanpete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quick I need, no. Seriously. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Hello there, and welcome. We're ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 141. Hi, Cal. <laughs> episode Hi, Cal. number 141, coming to you live, clearly, from Comac, Long Island, Bayside, New York, Cal, <laughs> and Cal. Freehold, New Jersey. <laughs> this is good. Cal uh, doesn't realize that. We're listening to him talk to his children. Hi, Cal. Hi. No, I know. I just realized that. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 141. It's a potpourri. We're going to talk about anything we want, including how to get the children to go to bed. That's enough now. Was that Julia? <laughs> no, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> including how to get the wives to go to bed. That will be discussed. Here on Ready to Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and Bishop Pop Culture PJ. It's episode number 141. It is Tuesday night. It's May the 21st. It's 9.30 p.m. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk podcast and stuff. And now that we've got the formalities out of the way, out of 141 episodes, that's got to be the greatest introduction we've ever done for you. Easily. Easily. That's, that's the best way we have ever brought you on the program. I could have sworn I was on mute. <laughs> you didn't say anything bad. Like you didn't. It didn't sound like you said anything about PJ or anything. No, no, no. We're just we're having a little bit of a, a little bit of a domestic issue here. A domestic squabble? No, not a squabble. Mm. Let me be very clear. This is not a squabble. Just looking for some laundry. Uh, uh, what DefCon are we at here? Are we at DefCon three? No, Def- we're. No, we're good now. I, you know, I, I, I did hit the mute button. I must have unhit it in the midst of the chaos, the laundry chaos. Yeah, we can fix that in post. Yeah, we're gonna. There's no post uh, production oh, on the no, program. We didn't go for that option. No. Uh, I well, it's great to see you. Hi. Hi, I'm here. It's Tuesday night. Let's uh, talk sports and stuff. Why not? We're Look here. At, we might as well. Yeah, this can be. 
the definition of the sports and stuff portion of the podcast as... Heavy on the stuff. Heavy on the stuff. Well, you know, there's... Look, there's not a ton going on that... I mean, are we just going to sit here and rail against the Mets for another two hours? I can't. I don't have it in me. Although I will tell you this. Sandy Alderson was on during the broadcast tonight. I know. I missed him. You didn't miss him. Oh? You missed maybe the the push over the edge, the uh, the push over the cliff. You may you may have missed Sandy Alderson turning me to eleven. Well, let's let's no, hold no. off. No, no, I've had no, I've had enough. No, no, I want I want to hear about this, but we need to. I think we need to formally bring in the other guy. Right. Okay. Well, let's let's. Uh, all right. So before we do that, because I am really going to lose it. Yeah, I know, and we need to do that. And there's your big unload, which yeah, we didn't think we had. Now we got it, one. It's only going to take five minutes. So you hit the music, you unload, I'll react, and we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Wet it, wipe it, good night. Um, no, I, uh, we, we're going to do a potpourri tonight. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. You know, I make show notes a lot of times. You keep impeccable show notes, uh, show logs. You log the show. You know, anybody that doesn't know anything about this show could pick up my logs at any moment and just know exactly what went on. Have an, an intimate, detailed look at all 141 episodes. Well, it's important if anybody, if we ever get audited. It's, it's an archive. I have to keep that information. At heart, you're an archivist. I am. At heart. I wear it on my sleeve. I wear my archival Archival. (laughs) ability on my sleeve. Uh, Which, would that be the sleeve to the laundry we were looking for? No, we're we're looking for, we're looking for dance. uh, Oh, of course. I should have known. Because tomorrow morning we're not going to have time and I'll get into that later. I've I've got something going on. That sort of laundry emergency only comes up when like there's kids and there's an event tomorrow and panic at the disco. Right. And a show going on at the same time. Right. Only happens once a week. <laughs> right? 9.30 every Tuesday, and we just happen to have... Yeah. That's all Daddy asked for, two hours. Well, we're going we're going fishing tomorrow. That's the thing. And that wow. does tie into sports. Fishing tomorrow. Wow. First, yeah. fish, first fishing trip? We're taking... Uh, it, it's a class trip, and... Uh, oh, boy. Old Cal's a chaperone tomorrow. Is that right? That's right. Chaperone Cal. That's me. I'll be in charge uh, of uh, oh 30-something kids on a boat. This, what could go wrong? Sounds like a perfect Sounds like no aggravation. Day. No uh, aggravation whatsoever. Just a beautiful day out there. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be hot and humid. No. no out, com- on, out on the water. No complaining nine-year-olds at all. No. No, it'd be great. Yeah. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they will all be able to bait their lines, too. <laughs> and I won't have to do that once. What is the over-under on hooks through the finger for you on this? Can we set it at six? Through my finger? Yeah. Does Vegas have you at least pricking your finger six times? I'm going to leave that trip like Jack Tripper. (laughs) I'm going to have fish guts all over me, and (laughs) the line will be through my cheek. You're going to come home smelling like a monger. Oh. Are there fishmongers anymore? There still are, definitely, right? There are. The problem is I'm not I am nowhere near 
the uh, the seafaring chap. You don't strike me as a guy. <laughs> I am not. You are no. not Gorton, no. No, but, uh, you know, it was one of those things where at the beginning of the year, you sign up to yeah. – <laughs> You got to chaperone something. You got to get something, and nothing about like City Field, like for a Met game. You can't no. chaperone that. No. no, no, I couldn't go to Sagamore Hill. No, couldn't do that. Explain Sagamore Hill real quick. Sagamore Hill is the birthplace of Theodore Teddy Roosevelt. Right. Couldn't do something cool like that. No, no, fishing. Well, fishing. You know, fishing is cool. In I'm sure, I'm sure nobody's gonna get sick either. No. No. Can you give a nine-year-old Dramamine? Well, she requested yogurt for her lunch. <laughs> I don't know how good an idea that's going to be. She puts in requests? Yeah, she wants yogurt. Is this a restaurant? What is going on over there? In the boat. <laughs> In the boat. That's a bad plan. You know what the laundry thing reminded me of, though, seriously? Being a kid and having a Little League game. Yes. Uh, either that day, like getting home from school. Right, and- there's a game in an hour. Frantically looking for the other, you know, sock your san your sannies, or your pants that are balled up in the corner of your room, caked in mud, right from last week. from last week that you just never bothered to throw in the right. in the laundry. And a guy like you, Cal, guy like me, our uniforms were always dirty. That's always for That's no reason. Well, I I was filthy before I got to the field. <laughs> like, like I would head first slide in the parking lot just just to just you know to get it out of the way. Yeah. Just, just no reason. I had an unbelievable affinity for hitting the ground. Like it became, it became. You played little league with me. It became a thing. Yeah. I could not. I could not. I would dive. I would set it up so I would be able to dive. Like you know how? I mean, you remember we played together. But like you, if you're sort of good at something athletically, you can sort of do that. Yeah. When you're maybe a little bit better than the Little League competition you're facing. I used to like, so I would play first base and I would wait. <laughs> Ground ball hit to my side. I would wait so I would have oh, to yeah. dive. Yeah. So I would have to dive and make the spectacular play. And get dirty. That's right. Always get dirty. That was When did you play first base in Little League? That was my other position before I caught Oh, what, the day game after the night game? That's they wouldn't right. let you catch it? Right. That's right. Right. If you had, like, the Saturday night game and the Sunday afternoon. That's right. I was, I was a catcher from, I guess I was 11. When I was 11 years old till last Thursday. <laughs> I, caught set, I caught eight innings. We lost an extra innings the other night. Till present. And before that, you pitched. I did pitch for two years, yes. I, rem- I remember you. You played almost every position, Cal. That's not true. You were Rex Hudler. Come no, on. Played second played second mostly. I played second exclusively. Oh pardon me. Because <laughs> now your agent comes on the phone. Well, as we've as we've documented, my father was my coach every yeah. year of my life growing up. And uh Ralph wasn't a fan of the old arm. So <laughs> he figured let's stick him at second base. It's a short throw. But Dad, let me play shortstop. I don't think so, buddy. We're gonna put you in second. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a very important position. Here's the here's the tallest kid on the team. Right. <laughs> and he's playing second base. Nine year old Cal at five eleven. I mean, I looked like minute bowl compared <laughs> to the rest of the little leaguers. I because I didn't have an ounce of body fat on me back then. No. 
No. Oh, those, I was, those were the days. I was like a drumstick, like a like a. You look not, like a you look like a pencil. Yeah, second base. That's, second that was base. my that was my spot. A very tall pencil. Did not play unless, until we went to the tournament team, right? And then it was right field. Yes. <laughs> then I was moved to right field. So yeah. those and, are my two positions. Uh, yeah, that's when. Uh, I see. I always, re- I do remember you. Um, remember you almost exclusively as a second baseman, but I also remember you sort of moving around. Even when we got to like junior high and high school, you played a little third. And well, that well, that was when I was. A, I got out from under my father's. <laughs> By the way, I can play other positions. I'm right. not. You know, I can't. The only reason I say it is because all I did was catch. That was it. That's true. Craig Biggio, famously, well, at least famously in my circles. Uh, when he was our coach at uh, baseball camp. Yeah, I was in that circle, too. You were in that circle. You're in that circle. Uh, it was uh, my coach, our coach at baseball camp, at Smithtown Baseball Camp. He was uh, at Seton Hall, and it was uh, a summer job for him, and he was our coach. Right. And and he made me a catcher. Yes. He was like, listen, fatty. He didn't. He might have said that. I'm sure he said that behind your back. Yes. No doubt. He was now look, I'm sure he was a he was a, a great guy. And to a ten year old, he's really cool. He was super cool. You know? This is before but, he was even a major league Hall of Fame player. I mean he this was is when he was a college ball player. He was a college ball player. Right. But he, he, uh, a catcher. He he had a little bit of an attitude. A little bit. <laughs> so get down, fatty. Squat. That was the first time I saw real life tobacco being spit. Yes. We were exposed for the first time to guys dipping, like a lot. Like, oh, what's what's this? Why did you spit that on me? That's not big league chew. That does not smell good. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, Craig Piggio made me a catcher, so thanks. Yeah. Hey, got me to college. Yeah, well, I mean, to present. I love it. You're still still doing it. it. I I sit back behind the plate. I hadn't caught in two years before that first game uh, a couple weeks ago. It was like it's it's more than riding a bike. It's how does that work? When now this is now you've joined the team for the first time this year, right? Yeah. How does that work with the pitcher? It's a do very. You ha- do you have to sit with him or? I you know me, I, I'm very effusive. I grew up watching Gary Carter. I want you know the pitcher and I are going to be buddies. These guys are all old. Well, they're older. Well, it's a they're thirty-five. It's a thirty-five-plus wood bat fast pitch league. I was in a eighteen and over wood bat fast pitch league, so I went from being the oldest guy in the league to now I'm one of the youngest guys in the league. Like I've already, I've already been asked like four times by the other team about how old I am because they think our team is lying. Is Dr. Ray Stad, who plays with us and and I, uh, look okay? We, I mean, we're both thirty nine or thirty eight and thirty nine. They think you're younger. They think absolutely. Uh, they think shenanigans are afoot. Hmm. Had a guy in the box in the first game after he saw me throw down a second in between innings, and he's like, "Hey, you got it's Long Island, so hey, you got some arm. You got some arm there." But you, said, hey, you were playing against Francesa. I was. <laughs> I didn't think he still I was, played. I, I play against every stereotypical 45-year-old 45 45 Long Island guy. That's <laughs> who I play against. 
Which, for those of you who don't know what that's like, it goes a little something like this. You got some arm. Some arm on you. Yeah, you know, I try to try to just get it down there, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, you're going to embarrass the people in this league. Yeah, well, you know, just... just uh, this is what I'm catching. He's at the plate, this guy. Right. I'm just trying to have some have some fun, you know. Well, you know, you're not 35, so, I mean, everybody knows it. Actually, I, I am. I just... About, well, this was a couple weeks ago. I said about to thir- turn 39, you know. Oh, so he's suggesting you're not even 35. That's right. Oh. And then he gave me a very, I don't know what to make of it, Bri. Maybe he'd been drinking. I don't know. But it was like a, get out of here. <laughs> and then he popped up to short. Oh, boy. No, I, I, I want to sit down with the pitchers. and These guys are, let's just play ball. It's a very different dynamic. It's very weird. You don't do you get called upon to courtesy run too because you're so young? No, they have to there's a two out courtesy runner rule for the catcher. Regardless. So they run for you. And I have to get run for, it's ridiculous. Wow. The yeah. youngest guy on the team and you get run for. <laughs> That's right. And I'm not even fast. Yeah. No, it, it, well, compared well, to the others, I'm sure. I have four stolen bases already, so yes. <laughs> it's fun. But hey, so, you, know, you know what? We should bring PJ in. We should. Okay. Oh, I just got some disheartening news. Oh, no. Right before we bring PJ in, no Linder tonight. Oh. We were promised uh, Linder. Looks That's like not surprising. He's, uh, <laughs> he's He says his daughter is, is refusing to go to sleep. Yeah. He, may, he may have used an expletive in there. I'm not sure. We'll just have to get by with PJ. Look, the point of tonight was potpourri. The point of tonight was, uh, you know, I, talk about whatever you want. Well, but I, I, you know, I was, I was looking forward to getting Linder and PJ in the oh. same room. You know, and uh, he's ducking him again. Now, now, Linder's, now Linder's ducking PJ. Yep. Wow, this is incredible. I mean, we have a clever Lang Rocky Balboa situation going on here, and PJ was up until tonight playing the part of Balboa. Oh, the roles have reversed. Now the roles have reversed. Now PJ is looking a lot like Clubber Lang, which he does in real life anyway. PJ, PJ might not know Rocky Three well enough to know. <laughs> he might not know Rocky Three well enough to know what the heck we're referring to. He, he obviously knows who Mr. T is. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. I think. Why don't you come down here and get yourself a real man? There it is. He knows. He knows it. He knows it. Hi, Peach. Pain. <laughs> My prediction. My prediction. My prediction. Pain. Did you I see that in the theater? I love Clubber Lang. Oh my really? God. Do you know how many times I have seen Rocky Three? Wore wow. out the videotape. Wore I was out. Way, I was way off base then. I was way off track. Yeah, no Linder tonight. He was re- he had a great topic too. Maybe we'll do it anyway, or maybe we'll save it for the next time he's on. Let's save it for him. Yeah, Jay Linder, we're talking about a uh, a bon vivant in his own right, and our our fourth man in for the live shows now at the Blue Haven shows. The Cal, the Blue Haven shows are are a cast of characters. It's like a night of a hundred stars. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's like a variety show. It really is. 
it's really something like Donnie and Marie, or it's unbelievable. We have uh, the three of us, then Jay Mafale, our sound engineer slash Alan Alda standing. <laughs> All we're missing is Waylon Jennings and Madam. <laughs> Which I think we can get. I think we can. I think we can arrange that. Really? Jennings and Madam. It's a so dated that, it, reference. Yeah, and not only that, you just turned it into the Muppet Show. Well, I mean, all of those 70s variety shows had them on. Yes, no, very true. Sonny and Cher. I love the Muppet Show. But, but Night of a Hundred Stars, that's what Blue Haven is now becoming. And I'm going to try to get Caparoso for the next one, Cal. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get a Don Rickles walk-on. Maybe we can get it. <laughs> you know, my, my dad took my mom to Night of a Hundred Stars once. This is, guys, this is a great story, and I'll tell you why. As you guys well know, my parents and the going out and the marriage and stuff, not so much. Not great. You know, that I uh, they were divorced. They'll be the first. Every time they're together, and they're together a lot because they've been friends since they were 11 and 14 years old. So they didn't have a typical divorce. My dad is extraordinarily close with my mom's family. They grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, every time they see each other, they just go right into the old routine. Literally. And the last time <laughs> we were making the meat pies and they were in the same room and it just it just started right back up again. Just, you know, with this and the needling each other and the digs and the stuff. It was magnificent. And I just turned to my brother Scott and I said, Boy, I just don't know how those two kids didn't make it work. I don't know how it didn't happen. I'm just shocked. But my dad took my mom. This was their big night out. We never went anywhere. They never went anywhere. At not like not even out to dinner anywhere. My dad took my mom. To, my dad worked steady midnights. He was a cop for 24 of his 31 years on the force. He worked steady midnights. He didn't miss a day of work for 17 years. 17 years? He didn't even take a sick day, let alone a vacation day. They didn't go anywhere. We're talking small. And he's taking my mom to Night of a Hundred Stars, which is apparently shooting in New York. Wow. And you know what autograph she got? Rich Little. No, great guess. PJ, I want to guess out of you on this. Night of 100 Stars, it's circa 1982. I would Joan say. Rivers. Excellent guess. It's McLean in- Stevenson. <laughs> you guys are on fire. Let me give you let me give you a little context. He he actor ridiculously classic actor name uh sort of like a 50s 60s guy 40s 50s 60s guy i guess uh, rock hudson no very good guess oh he had to be in the 40s he died oh wait then it wasn't him who am i thinking I was going to say Tyrone Power, but it's not him. He died in 1958. All right, I'm done with this game then, because I don't know <laughs> who it is. Because ah! this is a game you can't win. You can't win this uh. game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I ruined the story, but it may well be. I think it's Power's Booth. Power's <gasps> Booth. I think it's Power's Booth. I love booth. that guy. Well, you know, I, everybody knows why PJ loves that guy. Wait a minute. Was he in the wall? 
It's the only explanation. It's the only. That's the only thing it could be. That's not. That's not a good explanation. Because he's in Tombstone. He oh. is in Tombstone. Yes. I'm your Huckleberry. Wow, that was that was awful. Officially, <laughs> that was maybe the worst impression ever on this show. That's Congratulations. right. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, I was going for that. I, you're going to need to do a lot of Tombstone tonight because I am a lunger right now. You got what? He's a lunger. Got that? I'm a lunger. That's, that's what they used to call people with TV. I can barely talk right now. Oh. Okay, here, what happened to you, Peach? <laughs> Let's ask the guy who can't talk to explain himself. <laughs> uh, uh, just, just, just a bad convergence of allergies just knocking me out because I can't take the uh, the Zyrtec or the Claritin like the rest of you people. Oh. Well, it's beating me up. And here we are on Potpourri Night. We were going to have you talk for the whole night and hang out the whole night. That's fine, Boy. as long as you don't mind me sounding like B. Arthur. Mind? Why, we <laughs> almost insist upon it. I'm going to assume you saw B. Arthur naked, the uh, the painting. No. No. Come on, no. you both didn't see it? This exists? I knew about it. it. I haven't off. seen it, though. It took over a million dollars at auction. <laughs> of course it did. Wait, it, this it, is this, real? That's real. It is a yes. painting. It is simply titled uh, B. Arthur Naked or B. Arthur Nude. Maybe not. I think it's B. Arthur Naked. And uh, it is exactly as the title uh, states. And it's a painting or a photo? It's a painting of her uh, during... Photo. I, <laughs> it's a painting of her from from what looks like the Maud years. Come on. Where she had the salt and pepper hair. Hot. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. So there it is. You either like it or you don't. Uh, I don't think like is a strong enough word. I'm going to go with love. <laughs> That's what I said. The um, mod years. Who's paying a million I, shuttles for that, though? I must know. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, the name of the collector was not released. <laughs> right. Because he wouldn't want to bring, he or she could be, right. wouldn't want to bring that attention to themselves. And, you know, be that person, that guy. Okay, by the way, guys, just looked up Night of a Hundred Stars. It was 1982, by the way, which is ridiculous that I nailed that. I mean, just, I, that was completely right. It was 1982. It was at Radio City. So my dad, <laughs> this definitely happened. Powers Booth, not there. So who could it have been? I don't know. <laughs> We may need to call my mother. Is this no, the podcast so we call my mother? Is this the she episode? Never got to you meet Powers she never got to meet Tyrone Power either. Definitely. Nobody did. He died in 1958. She was 11. So, uh, not so much with Tyrone Power. He was handsome, Cal. Tyrone Power? What did he play in? He was in a, a number of movies in the cinema. He was a heartthrob. If you will. I don't remember him. He was only 44 when he died. Young. Yeah, we're really alienating an entire, basically our entire audience right now. Everybody, unless unless they're like 60 and over. That's right. Even my mother would would be like, nah, Tyrone Power, I don't even remember him. 
I was 11. I got a cute little Mets story for you if you want it. Ooh, let's have that. That'll Def- segue, that'll, your cute story will segue nice into Steve's big unload. That's true. It will. We have a and we have a ton of other stuff. I want to do the big unload, and then we have all this, all this, uh, this Michigas. Michigan. What? What? The Yiddish. Again with the words that you don't understand. We're we going to do that again. No, no, I know that one. That's Yiddish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying I should be used. By the way, be author at Night of a Hundred Stars. Of course. In 1982. Sure. Well, those were the circles she ran in. This is an impressive list, although I want to say my mom got Martin Balsam's autograph. It's somebody like that. It's definitely like a second stringer. I think my dad went solely to see Lonnie Anderson and Stephanie Powers. <laughs> Stephanie Powers, yeah. Like, I think he t- there's some definite second stringers here. Definite third stringers. De Niro was there, DeVito, Sandy Duncan, Linda Evans, Morgan Fairchild, Peter Falk. Those are not second stringers. No, no, Ava Gabor, Anthony Geary, Luke and uh-huh. Laura, Andy Gibb. <laughs> Andy Gibb, what the Night of a hundred stars. Charles Grodin, Rocky Graziano, Larry Hagman, Margaret Hamilton. Uh, you have to, you have to slip into you have uh, to slip into Don Pardo. And Jillian, Ted Knight, <laughs> Night of a Hundred Stars. Did you say uh, Margot Kidder? <laughs> no, but we could have that debate. We should ask PJ what he thinks of that. PJ, we've been having a we've been having a Margot Kidder debate for going on. I think it's four years now. <laughs> wow. There is four of us. Maybe I guess Cal. It's me, you, Dan, uh, Evan. Right. I think we got my brother involved at some point. I think it's come up with him. Yes. About Margot Kidder being attractive. And I, Doctor E. Ray Sat and I have gone really toe to toe the most on it. He's he's very passionate about this one. Vehemently <laughs> says that she is not. And I. <laughs> have consistently qualified it with she is 70s attractive. 70s attractive. PJ, your thoughts, please. I was going to say she is period appropriate. She I mean, she she came up right at the time where to be a bony woman with jutting jawline was like hot. <laughs> I think I think the issue that gets in the way of everything is the voice. I love that voice. Are you kidding? The voice I have that not, voice right now. The voice. Your well, that's true. Hey, do we have Margot Kidder with us right now? <laughs> You've got me. Who's got you? Um, I think her voice doesn't match her 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 being. And I and I I truly believe her being that's that's where uh, that's where our buddy gets hung up. He can't separate the two. I don't think he gets hung up there. I think he gets hung up strictly on the physical aspects because he was pulling out pictures and JPEGs and stuff like that. <laughs> Look at this picture and tell me she's tell me she's attractive. And then I pulled up a, a, a separate picture 
and said, look at this picture. She's clearly attractive in this picture. This is ridiculous, this one. Yeah, he got, he got very he, he gets very angry, yeah. It got heated. Four years, Peach. This is going on four years. In, in fact, the next time he, he talked to... So he's, he's angry very at the American him. public for having accepted her for a few years as... That's cute. correct. That's correct. I think he's angry at the idea. Yeah, I think he also... she was cast in Superman? She yep. Had... Oh, boy. I think the other problem he has... And and we've tried so hard to get him to differentiate this. this is how she turned out. Yeah, I mean, she, she, you can't just because she turned out crazy pants right. in dumpsters and stuff like that doesn't mean she wasn't hot in 1977. Right, we're not talking now. 19, or even the last ten years. 1977 hot and now hot. Wow. Although we have come, come sort of full circle in some ways. First of all, don't let proximity to a dumpster uh, <laughs> ever get in the way of whether or not someone's hot. That's a great point. All right. I want to hear the cute Mets story. Can we do that? Yes, let's do it. Let's have it. I'm watching a Mets game about a week ago. Wow, no setup right in. You see, it just jumps right in. He's a pro, Cal. He's a pro. That's and a lawyer right there. My 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 good friend, Danny who has been to City Field, and I have not, uh, comes right. in to watch with me, and we watch a little bit of the Mets game, and the Mets are losing. Shocking. And and so so Danny says, uh, Dad, are, are these the same Mets that I saw? <laughs> <laughs> and I... <laughs> uh, no, they, they've, got a, they've got a few different players. And he's like, he said... Uh, well, isn't there like junior Mets? Are these the junior Mets? <laughs> like, oh, you mean like the minor leagues? <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah. Is this the minor league Mets or the major league Mets? I said, why? Because they're losing. He goes, yeah, they're losing. <laughs> yes, I just thought that yeah. was funny. Are, these are, these are the, the minor league Mets. Mets. <laughs> so innocent. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. He wasn't so trying to have a cutting uh, sense of humor. Ah, so He's so innocent, yet so prescient at the same time. <laughs> so And so wise. I thought they were good comments. That was No, that's good. They are great comments. And Is this the Junior League? <laughs> <sighs> All right. I'm starting to feel that way, that maybe they are. Maybe they are the Junior League. Maybe it's the junior team. Maybe it is. All right, should we do the this the sports ladies thing? and gentlemen, the big unload. Yeah! I think we gotta keep that. I think Cal's gotta gotta say that now before the music every time. Right? Yeah, we should make it make it real formal. <laughs> that was that was that was Cronkitean. That's what's missing in this podcast is is formality yes. and professionalism. Yeah. Put that in the log. I already, I already yeah, took that note. Yeah. Are you kidding? I took that note around episode twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> he took that. He took that note about one hundred and twenty-five episodes ago. <laughs> Sam Pete lacks a great deal of professionalism. Oh no, it wasn't. It was all of us. It wasn't just you. Right. 
Cal Show Log. Three fifteen eleven. It is all audio, by the way. I just walk around with a little tape recorder. <laughs> it's an audio diary. Wait, how are you doing that while we're doing the show? Wow. <laughs> and yet another layer to the onion. I mean, it's just, it's impressive. It's impressive. That's all I'm saying. I think it's got my screen and notepads going on we can't even see. That's right. He's taking notes will, with his feet. I'm never going to share it with you guys until I sell the deal. What deal is that? Well, you know, the book deal or whatever it is. Whoever wants to, whoever wants to hear my story. <laughs> <laughs> your, your story will be told. It will be told. One way or the other. Um... Here's the only thing I got on the Mets. Uh, honestly. They stink. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> go, the, go, go the critic route on it with Lovitz. Yeah. That show was good. Yeah, Sorry, that show was good. Tremendously underrated. That show was really good. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> um, so I'm watching tonight, Cal, and as I'm watching... Uh, and I'm cleaning the house. Uh, my mother-in-law is coming to town tomorrow. It'd be great. So we're we're in. Full, you were in laundry mode. We were in DefCon two of cleaning the house mode. Now, well, she's coming tomorrow. She's coming tomorrow. Oh wow. Yeah, she's coming tomorrow. It's been an extraordinarily busy week. So we were literally. I was like Bridget Nielsen in Beverly Hills Cop two, just shouted two minutes, just shouting like one of the alphabet criminals, uh, just shouting out to Teresa three minutes. Um, and as I'm vacuuming, Sandy Alderson is on with uh, Gary and Ron. And uh, I think it happened, Bri. I think well, it tell, happened. Tell, tell me what happened. Tell me what you saw, because I didn't see it. <laughs> You're talking to me like I'm nine. I want you to, well, let's, you know. Slow down. Eyes. What did you see with your eyes? What did you see with your eyes? <laughs> Explain it. Gary Cohen, who you know cares, the announcer for the Mets, and Ron Darling, who you know cares. I think they do. They definitely do. Gary Cohen is as much a fan as he is a broadcaster. He's been watching this team for 50 years. Well, and to follow that up, I missed Sandy Alderson earlier in the game, but then as the game went on, he started telling stories about being there in 1973 in the playoffs against the Reds. Right. And being on the field. Yeah. He actually went on the field as a fan. Gary Cohen is a huge... He's like Harry Rose. He's a longtime Met fan. He's been watching them his whole life. Mm-hmm. And so the questions that he's asking Sandy Alderson, Bry, are legitimate. They're the questions that I would ask him. And they were phrased in a respectful manner the way we would ask the questions. For example, like, give me an example of one. Here's the one that set me over the edge. We know it's been difficult. We know it's tough to watch. We know that losing is difficult. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. But very respectfully, he said, you know, they they, they had talked about Zach Wheeler. They had talked about how good Harvey's been. They had talked about the disappointment of Ike Davis, how bad certain players whose development they expected to be there uh, hasn't been, and of course, Alderson now is exhausting me, because in this interview, Brian, he was beaten. Yeah. Not I, like he was with Francesa. I found him to be at least 
contentious with Francesa, maybe because Francesa puts him on guard. Whereas with these two guys, he was exhausted and beaten. And beaten. And so Cohen asks him, how do you balance? What do you tell a Mets fan who's tired of watching this team lose about this season? About the balance between planning for the future and winning now. And at least making it look like you're trying to win now. And he just, it was the same answer. It was the same answer. And like he probably gave a deep sigh before he answered. You can give me the answer, Brian. What was his answer? Tell me. You know what it is. Um, you can probably do it verbatim. The question is, how do you balance winning now and the future of the team? Well, he's going to say something. He's, he's going to tout the guys that are coming, but they're just not ready yet. Right? Yes, go on. And there's really nothing else he can do but keep running the same guys out there that he's got on the field and hope that they do better. They have track records, so you're just going to keep running them out there and and hope they perform to their mean, I guess. You're very, very close. You almost have it verbatim. You left one thing out. I know, I'm missing something. I don't know what it is, though. It's critical because he said it with Francesa sort of quietly, And today, tonight, to me, it was out there. And it's making me not lose faith in Alderson, but really, I'm really just not going to invest anything else in this team this year. I'm not going to go. I can pretty much stop watching. And that's, he said again, how hard it is for him to watch these games. And how it's, you know, it's killing him, too. You know, and and how he empathizes with the fans because he's feeling the same thing. And you know what I said in that instant, Brian? No, you're not. Did you say it out loud? I did. I turned into my grandmother. I started talking to the television. As you were vacuuming? I said, no, you're not, Sandy Alderson. (laughs) I did. I said, no, you don't. Yeah. I said, because if you did... If losing this year was bothering you so much, Ike Davis wouldn't still be here. Ruben Tejada still wouldn't be here. There are a myriad of things. Zach Wheeler would have been up after his last good start. Terry Collins wouldn't still be here. Terry Collins would have been fired. You would not put up with the way this team has played baseball. That is now 10 games under five hundred after losing tonight. So don't tell me that it's tearing you apart as much as it's tearing the fans apart. It's not. Cause it, it couldn't possibly be. It, well, and you have the means to do something about it. Anything. See, I can't do anything. I sit and watch the games. I can't demote Ike Davis, even though everybody and his brother and his sister and his mother and his uncle and his cousin, too, knows that he should be sent down. Know that he knows that him staying in the major leagues right now is actually probably bad for him, whether you're in that clubhouse or not. And now what you've done is you've brought him home in the midst of a one for 35 slump. And every single time he's up, they boo him 
Like he's the, he's the worst person they've ever seen. How can that possibly be good for his confidence? There are changes that Sandy Alderson can make that at least show the fan that this losing does bother you. See, I don't believe him anymore. I don't believe him. Uh, in that regard, I know he's got a plan. I trust him with that plan. But when it comes to this year, I don't believe him anymore. I don't believe you care about this year. And that pisses me off. That pisses me off. That's the one thing I was unwilling to admit. And it happened tonight. I was unwilling. I know there was evidence mounting. It was like the OJ trial. I get that. Yeah, no, and look, I I'm, I was a big supporter of Sandy Alderson, too. And, I, and like you, I still am. I support his plan. I still think it's a solid plan, but I can't I can't listen to it anymore. And I kind of got to that point sooner than you. Yeah, you know, well, I, it, I didn't see the Francesca interview that way. I saw tonight's this way because of, I think because of the guys who were doing it. I think because it was Gary Cohen and, and Ron Darling, two guys who I trust that are that want to see the team do well. You know, Francesca doesn't. Francesca's motives in that interview are to poke and prod and be disrespectful and, and you know, appease his Met-hating, hungry fan base. You know, Gary Cohen wants to try to help Met fans. He is one. And all his other answers, I'm fine with. You know, the Zach Wheeler answer and the Travis, you know, Darno answer, I, I'm fine with all of those. It's when he said, you know, it's hurting me as much as it is these guys. No, it's not. Because you can do something about it. If you had said that to me three weeks ago or a month ago, when they went on their first losing streak, fine, I buy it. But not now. No, no. See, I think, I think, I think one of the biggest mistakes he makes is he just doesn't have the ability to connect with the fan base. And... On anything other than an intellectual level. Well, because and here's the thing: I think he tries. He just doesn't. He just can't do it. And I think when he tries to make jokes, right, at the team's expense, and he's trying to be self-deprecating, and he's trying to say that I, this hurts me like it hurts the fans. He's trying to connect with the fans. He just can't do it. Yeah, he doesn't well, have the ability it's, to it's, do it. And it's just not his nature. <laughs> like, like he's like Michael Bluth. He's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, of course you're not crying, Michael. You're a robot. Um, maybe you don't have enough RAM. <laughs> I, I, no, look, I believe, uh, I believe, right. I believe him when he says that this is killing him. I believe right, that. Right, right. I, 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 but I don't. But I. N- but he should. But he should not bring the fans into it and try <sighs> to get on that level because it, it it's impossible. I, I, you know what. Cal, I disagree. I don't believe him. I believe, no. I, believe. I don't believe this losing is killing him right now. I think it's frustrating him. I think it's pissing him off. It's not killing him like it is the fans. Don't tell me you, you feel that you empathize with the fans because you're feeling the same thing as they are. You're not because you're punting 2013. Well, you punted em- the season. He can empathize with the fans. He can do that. <laughs> you're about to go, you're about to go uh, in Yuga Montoya on me. No, you, keep, he, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Inconceivable! Empathy! Never get into it with a Sicilian when death is on the line! 
Right. No, wait a minute. Maybe he's not. Is he? Is he sympathizing, or is he, he empathizing? I think he's empathizing. He's empathizing. That's what I think too. Right. And inconceivable. Sorry. <laughs> I I I think he's. I, I talked about it last week. My theory last week is that he's frustrated that the guys that he thought were supposed to be good turned out to be utter it. garbage. He said it tonight. They're he utter said garbage it tonight. Like Gary Cohen asked him, "What other players?" He said, look, I'm not going to go through the list. He's like, you know who they are. They know who they are. He is extremely disappointed in them. Yeah. He said tonight that, again, I had no – he lost me at hello. Like, he lost me with just that statement because it's so clear they're punting this season. And I know it's been clear to everybody for weeks and weeks and weeks except me. I get that. I guess I just didn't want to admit it. He has the ability to change it, and he's not. It's the same crap. It's and the same line. It's Markham's going to keep running out there, and I know he righted himself yesterday and had a decent outing. You know, four runs and in six innings is nothing to write home about. But doesn't matter. He still lost the game. Given that his ERA is seven, you know, it's it's a victory. But you know, you're still going to keep running the same guys out there, and we're still going to play Ruben Tejada every day, even though he's hitting two ten and he stinks. You know, it, it's just you have the ability to change it in some way, shape, or form. And Ike Davis is the – he's the, the, the poster child for this. Yep. He is the epitome of punting this season because what management is telling you is that it's acceptable for a man to be batting under 150 on this team. Right. That's it doesn't, okay. It doesn't matter. That's okay. It doesn't matter. We're just going to – his results don't matter – because we're going to keep running him out there until he until he finds it. Because he's found he's found it before, and if and that also means we we need him to find it for the future. And if that and means we don't care about this year, and if that means we're going to lose games this year because we're waiting for him to find it, that's more important. Look, that's, Cal, that's what he's saying. Cal, he only has nine RBIs. That's only nine more than me, and I'm not even on the team. Okay, he has nine RBIs. In like 200 at bats, nine. We can, we can we can go through the litany of of stats with this How guy. He has nine RBIs, nine. Yes, I I know he's batting under 100 with guys in scoring position. <laughs> under 100. You actually have to almost go out of your way to do that. It's that you would have to be. It's as if he's a right-handed batter who is batting lefty <laughs> right now. Like he's just working on stuff. <laughs> like he decided at the major league level he wants right. to be a switch hitter. For the first time and in he's his never life. Done it, he's never done it before. Never done it before. Let's try this. You know what? I'm going to be a switch hitter. You would still by accident hit the, hit, make contact <laughs> with the ball. You would still knock and you hit cleanup for like 20 of those games. But the, you, uh, you would accidentally knock in 20 runs. But the wor- I mean, the worst part about Ike Davis is his attitude. And you look at him out on the field. And I shouldn't say his attitude. I'm going to say his per- the perceived attitude, what we see. Because I'm sure he's working hard. They, will, they, they fall over themselves daily to let you know how hard he is Tell working. How, how hard he's working, yes. You know? But to watch him out there, and even, even simple things, and I caught this tonight, simple things as if a throw over to first. He just kind of like eh, throws his arm out to catch the ball. Like uh, his fielding's been awful. 
Oh. He's, he is just like so completely detached from everything and lazy. And but Sandy Alderson feels that that is acceptable. I don't know if it's that that I I think it's worse than that. Like I don't think he thinks that's acceptable. I think he thinks who cares? We're losing this season anyway. And let's, let's leave him up here until we find out if he can get out of it again because he did it last year, and we're losing the season anyway. So who cares? Well, here's the like, that, that's worse to me. The the converse of that argument, the that, converse of the argument, yes, the Chuck Taylor of that argument, the opposite, oh, of the, the argument, the inverse of the converse. If they want, if they want to go out there and tell you that. He's their best option right now. If they somehow think that that's, a, a, I, I a, haven't. But I haven't heard that argument, Cal. That's not why they're keeping him up. But if they somehow think that that's a positive defense of why they're keeping right. him up. But I mean, Alderson didn't even say that tonight. In fact, tonight was the first time I heard him publicly entertain sending him down and saying it was like it was so perfect too because he like he like hit a deep fly ball. Uh, you know, for an out or whatever, but he right. made contact. And Alderson, it was almost like he chuckled, like that was like a victory. Oh, they were celebrating it later on in the in the in the broadcast. Yeah, uh, they talked about how he hit a deep fly ball to center. He worked the count to three and one earlier. Wow! Like this is, a major, this that, is a major league baseball player. This is a baseball player that hit thirty-two home runs last year. Yeah, well, he's not going to hit thirty-two home runs again. He not probably for like cumulative in his career at this pace. I I just uh, like like I said I I didn't hear the best option. I did hear Sandy Austin say tonight maybe we do maybe that's something we need to start thinking about. Maybe it's in Ike's best interest to you know to send him to Las Vegas and to work on some stuff. Maybe we need to start thinking right about it at this that, point. There's your problem. I, I mean, haven't heard the maybe. best option argument though. I've heard I've heard that out of Terry Collins. Yeah. Oh, Terry Collins. Yes. No, I've heard that out of Terry Collins, but I don't I don't care what Terry Collins says about personnel. Cuz he has no power, he has no say clearly. I feel bad for him, Steve. I don't. I feel I feel bad for him. I think he's been put in a thankless position where he's just he's he's being asked to guide a rudderless ship. I don't feel bad for him. I think there's a rudder there. I think he's just He's a caretaker. That's all he is. But but I feel bad for I, I you know like who wants to be a caretaker? You know, doesn't bother me. I feel I, I, I feel bad for the guy. He'll land on his feet. I think he's a good man. I think he tries hard. I think he gets caught in bad situations. I think all that too. I don't think he's a particularly good manager. I I don't, Cal. Sorry, I don't think he's a particularly good manager. I don't think he has a great feel for the game. He has no idea how to manage a bullpen. I'm sorry. I've seen worse managers. Recent, the last two managers before him were worse than him. I don't think Willie Randolph was worse than him. Ah, you're nuts. <laughs> Cal and Sam Pete, they get into it on the air. Ready to unload radio. Sports talk. With disagreement, because that's what you want in the sports talk team of people. Maybe they'll fight. <laughs> they might. <laughs> it's a throwdown Tuesday nights at 9.30 <laughs> and then we play the clip of, ah you nuts Cal says Sam Pete's nuts 
on Fox. Some sort of heavy metal guitar riff playing. <laughs> I was thinking today as I was listening to uh, uh, Muse, speaking of that, <laughs> as has been well documented on this show, Muse, the perfect music to walk away from an explosion from in slow motion. As evidenced by 24. And that's, of course, Bishop Pop Culture PJs. Um, that that song, Uprising, is perfect, like, sports talk partner radio. Like coming out of a break. We will not. Cal and Sam Pete, they disagree a lot. It's sports talk in your face. This is serious. They're not talking world events. <laughs> They're not talking politics. They're talking sports. And you bet your life on it. Because they will. <laughs> they, they, they may fight. <laughs> my, my favorite one. <laughs> Cal and Sam Pete, they may fight. They may, it could get physical. You wish you did something as hard <laughs> as Apex Sports. What's the hardest substance known to man? <laughs> That's how they talk sports. Like that substance. Oh boy. You'll okay. walk away thinking you're less of a man. <laughs> Because you don't feel as strongly as they feel about sports. I get nothing. <laughs> I have a heart attack. It's time a fat cat's had a heart attack. You know that we get... He's very dramatic in that song. There's nothing fun about this. They know better than you do. Trust us. <laughs> the last time I heard a vocal that affected... I'm just going to rip Muse to shreds now. The last time I heard a vocal that affected was My Chemical Romance. Have you ever oh, listened to My Chemical Romance? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Black Parade comes on. Oh, and I, I like the album. I like the album a ton. I do. Mm-hmm. I like that album. I got into it. It it strikes at my the- musical theater roots because mm-hmm. it's a rock opera. Like, oh, the whole album is great. Yeah, it's a concept album and a theme album, and it's like a rock opera unto itself, and it's a tremendous album, Black Parade. And then they went away. <laughs> and then, 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 and they're, back, it. then they're back to Jersey. <laughs> they're back playing in Trenton. <laughs> but, I mean, talk about an affected vocal. Oh, man. Yeah, he was... He was uh... Every song on that album, you should have to be able to watch the video for. Like I should, and I should need to see him in full makeup, delivering that vocal, because it is. <laughs> We're all gonna die now, mother. Di-. You know, it's equal parts the wall, and it, it, it's a. Uh, let's bring in our resident uh, pop culture expert, Jay Linder. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's PJ. It's PJ. Who else would it be? Uh, I know he he got onto the uh, My Chemical Romance for a while. He liked it. 
I think we're good with the Mets. Are we good? I'm not. Oh, we're more than yeah. good. I don't. I, I don't really. You might not hear us talk about them much more. I have. Uh, well. Because wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then what are we going to talk about? Then what will we talk? Well, we can talk about the Yankees. Let me say one thing about the Yankees. Are you ready? Yeah. 2009, the New York Mets on June 1st were 28 and 21. 2009. 2009. 2009. The New York. The New York. They were too. You're missing my point. Okay, I'm sorry. 2009 New York Mets. What was that team sort of famous for? 2009 Mets. What happened to that team that was a little older? In 2009, lots of injuries. Lots of injuries. Like who, Cal? Like Carlos Beltran and Jose, like Jose Reyes. Reyes. That's right. Carlos Delgado. Right. Injuries. Jose Reyes. Carlos Beltran missed most of the season. Right. Yeah, Johan Santana, I believe, got hurt that year. That's right. That team was 28 and 21. Seven games over 500 on June 1st in second place. I don't. I don't think what you're going for really is appropriate here. Why? I'm just saying good because, job good job Yankees. That's all I'm saying. Well no, because from June first on, the Mets lost all of their players to injury. And the Yankees are getting them back in theory after June first. Okay. Yeah, suck on that Met fan. They didn't get all their players back, Cal. They had Damn lost- Pete is wrong. They had lost Carlos Beltran, Jose Reyes in that stretch. They were overachieving. With guys the out of line. are off. That's all I'm saying. So, are are you suggesting that we hold off? I'm suggesting to temper, to temper the exce- – I'm suggesting take this for what it's been, which is a, an excellent managerial job by Joe Girardi and a fantastic job by a lot of players filling in. But eventually – they're going to come back to their baseball cards. I'm not saying this is a 70 and 92 team like the 2009 Mets were. But you're suggesting that all of those documents I've been shredding in preparation for the uh, Canyon of Heroes in October, maybe keep them in the bags for now. Just keep them in the bag for now. That's all I'm saying. I think you're wrong. Okay. I think that this So this team, is a 95 win team. Sort of. I think this is easily a 90 win team. Easily. Okay. Easily. We'll see. Who have they played? They've played the Indians, who are the hottest team in baseball. I don't know if you've heard that. How many games they play against the Indians? It doesn't matter. Indians are the hottest team in baseball. Who else they play? They're the media's darlings. Who have they played? They've played Boston. To open the season. Right behind them. They haven't played them since. Yes, I know. They've played the Blue Jays 62 times. I don't know why. Yeah. And the Mariners. Like the White Sox and the White Sox, who are worse than the Mets and the Twins and, well, okay. the, right, and so the Royals. So who's good? They've got and the, the Phillies. So they only have to play the Tigers and the Angels and the, not the Angels, the Rangers. Just saying, they haven't played a lot of good teams. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying, hey, this is the time you build up your record. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm just yeah, no. Saying, I, you are trying to take No, away. I'm not. I'm You're saying to take the hope away from them because No, I'm not. I'm saying the optimism should be guarded. 
just because you're the Yankees doesn't mean that guys don't start to hit to the back of their baseball card, because they do. But the thing is, the guys that are going to start to hit to the back of their baseball card are going to be replaced by the real Yankees. And when? If that happens. And when? Soon. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't see Mark Teixeira coming back anytime soon. I don't see Derek Jeter coming back anytime soon. And their catcher will still be Francisco Cervelli when he comes back, or Jimmy Stewart, whoever he is. Chris Stewart. What's his name? Francisco Stewart. What's his name? Okay, Vernon Wells is not all of a sudden going to keep this, you know, keep this up. Lyle Overbay is still Lyle Overbay. Okay, Reed Broniak, still Reed Broniak. I don't think that's his name. I don't think it's his name either. Brignac? Brig, Brig, Brignac? Rico Bronia, I think Rico Bronia. Look, you know what I'm saying. I know. Look, there, Rico yeah. Palazzo. <laughs> Rico Palazzo. I must kill. The Queen. So you wouldn't you are you're not uh, signing up to give Joe Girardi manager of the year yet? Not yet. I don't know if you've heard. What a, what this has been his best job of managing yet? I think it is. I think it has been. Can they play the Astros a couple more times though, or what? What what do we think there? Is that cool? Just saying. Hold. I'm just saying. Have some. Here's what I would like. A you little play on, you play who's on your schedule. A little realism and a little sort of guarded optimism about this Yankee team, and I don't want to hear that they're doing the greatest job of all time. And this is the greatest managerial job in the history of baseball. I, I, I'm I am I'm not I'm not happy about this either. It's not a matter of being happy about it, Cal. I'm trying to be a realist about it. Mm. These guys will come back to their baseball cards. Lyle Overbay is not going to hit 40 home runs. I don't think anybody's saying that. He's not going to hit 20 home runs. Everybody just calm down. That's all I'm saying. Can we just have a little a little perspective and just appreciate what a fantastic job these guys are doing? Why does it have to be this way? Oh, they're the Yankees. It'll keep up all year. They're the Yankees. Well, okay. Fine. PJ, your feelings about My Chemical Romance. Then I want to discuss. <laughs> Smooth segue, Steve. Good job, everybody. <laughs> then I want to discuss sports movies, the best teams of all time. How long can you hold on to a championship win? Sports video games and the way they define we watch sports. Why are we more excited for television right now than we are for summer movies? How did we wind up with the MMA? Was boxing not barbaric enough? And what is the best band for a stadium concert if you have to pick one? Go. Wait, he's got to answer all of those questions? That's correct. We turn the show over to PJ. It's all yours, Peach. Bring her home. Okay, My Chemical Romance. <laughs> if they did anything right, they went for it. Sold out. It, they were one of those bands that were like... it. it Make it bigger, make it louder, make it faster, make it more bombastic. Makeup, fine. Uniforms, okay. <laughs> Album with a theme, why not? Black and white video, yes. Just, whatever you threw in front of them, they would try. We'll try it. Yes, absolutely. Fellini, why not? sure. Yes. Do so I get to keep my contract? Let's do it. Right. Fire? 
Okay. Right. Light uh, me Black, on fire. Black Parade I mean, is a really strong studio album. Yeah, it is. Um, they are not a strong live band. They they no, they need to have their hands held by a good producer. Or did spoken like a true producer. No, what? No. I know, I know. I, when did we get Brian Eno? I didn't know he was going to come on the show tonight. Great. <laughs> Thank you, George Martin. <laughs> I'll have you know that I appear on one of the top ten albums uh, with the most curses. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I just want you to know, if you're looking for cred, there's your cred. There's your cred. Was that a list on Fuse? <laughs> Top ten <laughs> albums, the most curses. I think it was, I think it was a maxim list. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's an excellent take on uh, albums. Albums with the worst language. And there's my name. There it is. There it is. Play rhythm guitar. That's something to show the kids for sure. No, actually, never ever gonna. Do it. <laughs> right, right. I think that's a good read on uh, MCR, though. I really do. I'm glad we're talking about current music, since that album's, what, like eight years old? They just announced their retirement. They, I'm sorry, what? They, they retired. Did they retire or did they break up? From what? How does a band they, retire? They're not touring. They're not recording. They're oh, they're. they're You're broken up. Sorry, I don't accept retiring from a band. You're broken up. Couldn't make it work anymore. I don't. Someone what are you obviously over there? Yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you putting on the rocks over you there? You hear that? Little Deserto. What is it? Deserto. Deserto on, on ice. That's, That's right. Like. Peach, did we get a new sponsor that I don't know about? <laughs> when I'm know looking to get, this, but I wait, do wait. the show hammered. Did you know wait. that? Give me the Michael Imperioli. Give me those, <laughs> the worst commercials ever. There's Why nothing is that wrong commercial? with those commercials. Of course, that commercial makes me feel bad about being a guy. Or, like, just feel bad in general. Like, I, I, should, I, I guess I should be hammered right now. I guess I should be... I, I, I'm not drinking tequila, and I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, like, he's pissed off at me in the commercial. What did I do to Christopher? What did I do? Muse listen, was never used on The Sopranos, listen, but it should What happened to tequila and to you? <laughs> yeah, you, Sam Pete, sitting there. What's the matter with you? I don't, Drink I some don't tequila. anything about that commercial. Nothing. Drink some tequila, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he got to call me names? Uh, what are you drinking? What are you, what are you drinking over there? Not tequila. I'm gonna walk away for five minutes. When I come back, <laughs> you better have tequila in your hand. Everybody's drinking tequila when I get back here. And your fat wife too. <laughs> you, you, Cal. What's your problem? <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? The hell's the matter? You bastard. You bastard. Remember when guys used to sit around and drink tequila? Look at you. You fruit. You're a disgrace. <laughs> why is he like, boy, coming after me in those commercials? He's, right. he's intense. Very intense. Now, don't you feel like you should be drinking tequila? 
Absolutely. Yeah, right. It's effective. Smirking. You smirk on it, those yeah. commercials. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you're talking about ain't important. Put your mortgage payment down. I don't care if you refinance. Well, your yeah. son, he's queer. He should have tequila. <laughs> I'm going to finish this tequila, and then I'm coming over there. <laughs> and I'm going to kick your ass. What's the name of the tequila? I don't even know. Who's scared to buy it? Is it Sopranos tequila? Called <laughs> like, oh, 5 to 10. to a douche. <laughs> turns into a big jerk. You take a sip of it and you're like, honey, get over. Get o-, I said get over here. That's right. Now. Hey, make me repeat myself. <laughs> it turns you into Christopher. It's great. Come here now. <laughs> that's a that's that's a commercial with a confused message. Definitely. Yeah, no doubt. So you're drinking a little De Serrano, nice speech. All right, good for you. A little bit. You had a. Uh, let's throw out a, a couple of hodgepodges here. Let's go hodgepodge. Sure, you've got the list. Clearly, you weren't reading. Like John before. Hodgman. <laughs> like John Hodgman. I clearly was not reading. Oh, speaking of John Hodgman. I'm, a, I'm an expert at John Hodgman. Let's go. But you love I I I love that guy. I think that guy. I got all three books. Love him. I have. It was, that's where I was going to go. I was going to ask you about uh, his books because I'm reading Pat Oswalt's book. Okay. Yeah, I finally got. A, I was going to read Marin's book, uh, his new book or whatever. Because you know, you know how I am with him. Why don't you just wait until he books you for the show? Yeah, why don't you read it? Until I go on. Uh, but Patton Oswalt's book, uh, it's been out for a, a while. The, the uh, zombie spaceship wasteland. And it's hilarious. I mean, it's fantastic. I'm a Patton Oswalt fan, but this is this book is good news. Like, I'm going to strongly recommend it. And Peej, I was going to ask, I was going to tell you... Uh, both you guys should check it out. And PJ, I was going to ask you about the Hodgman books because I feel like that's my next move. The Hodgman books are great, and you cannot read them like a book. You, they, they will make you, they will make you crazy. You will go mad. Now it sounds like um, that. How do you read them? Okay. <laughs> What John Hodgman did was he wrote a three-volume compendium of all-world knowledge. So it's except, some light there. Except he freely admits it's mostly lies. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, oh, it's it's. I think I think the first article is called uh, "A List of Presidents with Hooks for Hands." <laughs> and, and and he goes really. I don't deep. know any. The see, no. See, well, this is what you need to read about. At least six at hooks for heads. Get out of here. Um, and and he goes really really deep into the minutia of of, and and it's what makes you start to think that it's true. <laughs> it's because That's he great. gets very detailed on it, and it That's, goes. They go all over the place. You know, there's there's no there's no story, there's no short stories. It's just it's like reading uh, an almanac that was written by a madman. Um, the first That's book awesome. is called "The Areas of My Expertise." 
it's like three star to three and a half star funny. Um, the second one is called More Information Than You Require. That's <laughs> that's five star funny. Um, it's really it's really just it's bonkers funny. And then the third book is called That Is All, which has a special surprise. But you don't read them in order, you said. Well, you, you just kind you of don't, bounce you don't around. Have to read them from, you don't have to read the books sequentially to get anything out of them. You could you, you could, could read, read the second book first here. if you wanted to. Yeah, right. That sounds that sounds that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's I amazing. love it. And he also he, like he's crazy enough like he footnoted it like you'll be reading something, and it's sequentially paged so that book three starts on page eight hundred. <laughs> it's, like, it's like exhibits for a deposition. Yeah, they just keep you going. Got to, so you've got to either buy them all in paperback or all in hardcover, because otherwise the pages don't line up. Because he fills them with footnotes, and you, right? And, and you end up jumping back and forth. He footnotes one fake article with facts from another fake article. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's just tremendous. It, it's it's tremendous. There's uh, books from other comedians. Yeah, I I mean, my favorite in that. Oh gosh, there's a lot of good ones. I had read the Dave Cross one that I just loved. Uh, there's a reason why I drink. There's a reason why I drink. Yeah, it was just so so good. See, I got to go back to that. I, that. I must have been in the wrong mood for that because it it did not get me. Oh, see, it it landed it landed perfectly for me. Um. Yeah, that landed really, really well for me. I've not read Marin's other book, and I, I think I need to. Maybe the first book, which is uh, Jerusalem. No, Jerusalem Syndrome. Is that maybe his first book? But this, I'm telling you guys, this, this Patton Oswalt book is is really, really good. Really, really good. Cal, That's you're gonna. Bright. Oh, he's super bright. Did you guys catch the? Um, outtake. I know I sent it to you, Cal. Oh, on Parks and Recreation? Yeah, on Parks and yeah. Rec, which was one take. Yep. Of his, uh, Peach, did you see that? No, no. What? Oh. oh. So he, he's on Parks and Rec, and he's playing a guy who's going to filibuster the town council or whatever. And the filibuster is his suggestion for a new, for the new Star Wars. For the oh. for the uh, for episode seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. and Peach, it's one take. It was Im- all improv, one take, ten minutes. It was. Oh my goodness! It is some of the most brilliant stuff you will ever see. And you know what killed me about it too, Cal, was the extras, the background actors, mm-hmm. staying in it the whole way. He's making all this up. Mm-hmm. And they stay in it the whole way, the whole way. It, you can find it, I think, on 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 YouTube. I'm sure, Peach or whatever. It is so. First of all, the the content of it is amazing. Like what he's actually saying about is just hilarious. And of course, Amy Poehler like jumps in, and it's a one shot. It's just the shot of him at the podium. So Amy Poehler's off off camera, but she, you know, she gives in it. You know, she you know they're doing a classic improv where she gives in it. 
and she and she answers and she gives him stuff to work on and she does a little yes and and oh my goodness it's so so good so good well he's got a big uh thing with Star Wars now you you've seen his bit about um when it, when he ran into George Lucas and murdered him the the bit, the bit that he does about that no, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Look, if we're going to talk about George Lucas, I need to tell you guys that I saw Star Trek on Sunday, by the way. I saw a movie, guys. I saw a movie. And? I thought it was great. I'm so easily easily entertained at this point. Not that it wasn't good. I just... I I was at a movie. I hadn't been to a movie since uh, November... And it's Star Wars, and there's stuff going off, and blasts, and and, and spaceships, and it, I mean, it's just so, it's just, it's great. Could have been anything now, at it, that point, though, it right? It could have been anything. We, I could have went there, for the crude, uh, but, you know, it's such a good movie. Was Doesn't there a, a, a nude or a nearly nude scene in the? No. There's okay, a alien, there's an alien bed scene. And then there's a shot of the girl, the new girl, who's conveniently super hot. Good thing she got right. on the Enterprise. Um, in like, uh, you know, uh, a bra and, and underwear. That's about okay. it. I'll tell you, Chris Penn, fantastic. Like the casting is what has... Chris Pine. Pine, sorry. Chris Penn, may he rest in peace. Uh, he's in this one. No, yeah. He's in Footloose, though. Right. Fantastic in Footloose. Uh, also great in Reservoir Dogs. Stop pointing that gun at my dad! Um, Chris Pine is great. Like, this is what gives me hope about J.J. Abrams for the coming Star Wars movies. Is that even though he didn't write this movie or whatever, he's at the helm. He was at the casting. He knows what he's doing. The guy who plays Bones is just phenomenal. He is absolutely perfect. He's just—he's got DeForest Kelly just nailed. It's just so perfect, and uh, it was great. I thought it was really, really, really good, really enjoyable. What—that's—we we can talk about the summer movie thing because we could this, well because the Sunday guys. This is a big moment today. I was considering doing an entire podcast on what's happening this Sunday, and we still might. We still might after the fact. Yes. We still might. Arrested Development is back. It's now, really happening. That, it's amazing that it's actually happening. Here's the... Uh, Cal, I know you've been watching. Peach, have you been re... Uh, re... Watching? <laughs> There's a big word in there. and I, Yeah, I couldn't find it. Re-familiarizing? Sure. Any of those will work. Have you been watching? Uh, no, not yet. No. Well, what what are you waiting on, man? I don't know what he's waiting for. I mean, you got like three days. What are you waiting on? Oh, sure. You've got I about sixty episodes to watch between now and Sunday. <laughs> You've got fifty-three episodes to to get through in all the right, next seventy-two right. hours. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's like Cannibal Run three. Did you watch? Well, who the am I first... kidding? I'm not going to get to it this weekend. Not by a long shot. Did you watch them the first time around, PJ, or no? Uh, the first episode of Arrested, Devel- of Arrested Development that I saw was there was the live one, the gimmick show. Uh huh. 
and then I immediately ran out and got the DVD. Right, okay. that was that was season three, right? Was yeah. the li- yeah. was the live show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, Cal, your feelings? You've been rewatching them. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It is brilliant, and it's act. I it's actually. I have even more of an appreciation for it going back and watching it the second time around. Agree. Because now you know things in hindsight, and then when you know it in hindsight, and then you see how it was set up that you didn't necessarily pick up on at the time. Right. It's unbelievable. And it's and it's and it's clearly uh, Mitch Hurwitz clearly did this for fans of the show. He had he could care less about a broad audience. Totally agree. Could care less. Right. You know, if you if you are a fan of the show, the way that he operated these fifty something episodes was for you. It wasn't for Johnny T V watcher who's just picking up a show on a Friday night. Oh, what's this? Arrested Development. I uh, I like that Jason Bateman. I'll watch this show. It's not for him. It's for the guy that watched all fifty something episodes. It's for it's for the audience that he picked up, you know, early on that appreciated it. And I think you're 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 spot on there. I think the excitement can be maintained because of that. Because you know that this the this guy c- consistently did this show without any care of what was sort of going to be said or written about. I mean, did he want it to be a critical success and and or or a, a, a large mass success? It was a critical success for sure. Mm-hmm. One of those classic best show that nobody's watching. But did I don't think did he care that he had a mass audience? I don't think so. I think he was just happy that you know he had this fan base and these devoted followers, and that's who he's doing the show for. And that's what keeps my optimism up for you know not getting. I, I mean, guys, I haven't looked forward to something this much that wasn't sports what if it's related. All a prank? <laughs> Could you imagine? Since what if this is all a giant it, prank? And we know how that turned out, right? Yeah, could you imagine if like you go to download it on Sunday night or uh, Saturday night at midnight, and they're just like, "Heh heh," right? Steve Holt. Yeah, well, the like, episode just like is one just thing. Like they're just like on Steve Holt. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they're all doing the chicken dance. They're all doing the. Has anybody in this family ever even seen a chicken? Yeah, I no. read some. I read something today, um, and it, it makes perfect sense. And I guess I guess I had thought about it, but then forgot about it. The reason why people like this show is exactly what PJ just said. You watch it en masse. You watch it you know, like you, you, you binge watch it and you watch multiple episodes at once. And people did not want to watch one episode a week on whatever night it was on. And that's why the ratings were so bad. But then the peop- those same people went out and bought all the DVDs yeah. and watched them all at once. But it affected the ratings to the point where they canceled the show. It was a strange, you know, cause and effect. And I think that's why this format, this, like, release method that Netflix is doing with releasing them all at once is perfect. For this show, it's absolutely perfect. It suits this show perfectly because that's one of the other things I've noticed in going back and watching them sequentially. And we've talked about this before. Uh, Peach and Cal about this show, like setting up jokes in season one, 
or setting up situations in season one that didn't happen till season two or season three, like the foresight to like Buster's hand. I mean, Buster's hand and the loss of his hand is alluded to, like starting in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's astounding and it's so subtly done. But the other thing I came away with on the rewatch, guys, is man, the performances are just so good. Yeah. I had sort of underrated how good. Not even underrated. I don't know if I just had like a true appreciation of how good the performances are by just about everyone. I mean, just everyone. Nobody is on that show and bad. Well, the one that I had always kind of thought was the weak link was Portia de Rossi. Right. Always thought she was the weak link on the show. But then you go back and you watch, and now you pick up on things. It's like, wow, she's She's nailing it. Yeah, she's amazing. She's nailing it. I don't, Peach. Do you think that there's another example of? And of course, you know, we all hope that like episode four doesn't ruin it, or season four doesn't ruin it. But can you think of? Give me another show where the timing, like I cast with better timing than them. I don't I, collectively. <coughs> wow. Like I don't. <laughs> that made you cough. It that did. affected. That affected your bronchi. I don't know why I'm laughing. I have, at that. I have no cough button here. I'm sorry. So unprofessional. <laughs> we don't have any buttons, really. Um, I have no yeah. button. I have the button that sings "Hallelujah." That's it. <laughs> but uh, there's not. A, I can't think of a cast that has the collective comedic timing of that cast. Can't. No, not a cast that big. Not that big, right? And it's like everybody who jumps in, like all the guest starring, we talked about this being a concern for the new season. Like I don't want to see people coming in to be on, like I, I guess Seth Rogen's on or whatever, or Kristen Wiig is going to be on an episode or whatever. Like I don't want to see celebrities, quote unquote, actors and actresses be on just to be on Arrested Development because everybody fit into that world. And Cal, I'm noticing it again, like rewatching, everybody fit into that world so well. The best. What, not the best. Martin Mull. Martin oh, Mull Jean comes Parmesan. on. Gene Parmesan. <laughs> and you just, you can't, you can't even, or like a guy like, uh, what's it, Michael Higgins? Is it Michael, uh, Wayne Jervis? Wayne, the yeah. uh, Michael Higgins Clark, is that his name? John, uh, John Higgins Clark. No, it's Michael. Is it Michael? John Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins, maybe? I know who you're talking about. I just can't. Yes. I, I don't know what his name is. Yes, I know who Tre- you're talking. Tremendous about. that guy. Yeah. Uh, works in uh, all the Christopher Guest stuff. Yep. At Begley Jr. Uh, John Michael Higgins, you got it, Cal. Just, just as Wayne Jarvis, just so good. Right. Well, Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr. as as, as Stan Sitwell. Oh, well. I mean, it's just so. Even what's her name, Christine Taylor, as uh, Sitwell's daughter. You know, like just people come in and out. Even Martin Short comes in and becomes and, and I used to hate that ep- well, not hate that episode that was one of my least favorite episodes uh-huh. I, I rewatch it's tremendous it's tremendous because it allows Martin Short to be Martin Short and be like that SCTV guy Martin Short hey, Liza Minnelli Liza, uh, who would have ever oh, expected gosh. Liza Minnelli to pull that off we've talked about the Plum she, Institute <laughs> <laughs> she is just fantastic. She goes to the Plum Institute. 
She's not good. She's fantastic. Yeah. And it harkens every time I see an episode or, or every time I watch an episode where she's on it and I, I hearken back to Arthur, like how good her comedic timing was in Arthur and how good she was playing against Dudley Moore. And she she just she has great comedic chops. Her timing's fantastic. And who thinks 25 years later to replace Henry Winkler with Scott Baio? With Scott Baio. And make the joke of it. Uh, yeah. Like some of the guys, I was talking to the guys at work today, and uh, they're a bunch of big Arrested Development fans, and they're saying, "Oh, you know, I got to rewatch and stuff." I'm so excited for this weekend. And one of the guys said, "I'm going to go watch the Bob Lala, you know, the Scott Baio Bob Lala episodes. I love them." And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "How about the genius of them replacing Henry Winkler as their attorney with Scott Baio, just like on Happy Days?" He didn't even catch it. Oh. He goes. He goes. He he looks at me. My buddy Phil. He looks at me. He goes. Oh my God! I completely missed that. That is genius. He skews younger. He skews younger with it with a younger demographic of jurors. <laughs> That's the line. It's not the first time I've been called in to replace to replace to replace Barry Zuckercourt. <laughs> they tend to. They find that I tend to skew better with a younger demographic. Of jurors. It's, of jurors. It's just, who, right. who thinks to do that? That's with, crazy. With a show that Ron Howard is narrating. Right. So so, Howard, so uh, Richie Cunningham is narrating. Right. And, well, and yeah, Bayo replaced. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. I'm, yeah, I mean, there's, million, there's millions of them. We could go on all night. I'm pumped. I yeah. Am, I'm unbelievably pumped. Will this be a Which midnight viewing to you, a larger topic, does it not? Our larger topic is pumped. Is aren't a, we more pumped for summer television? Yes. Than yeah. we are for summer movies this year. Yep. I mean, Mad Men is is fantastic for me. I'm completely into Mad Men. The only summer movie I really, really want to see is is Man of Steel. Is Man of Steel out this summer? Um. Yeah. Later on in the summer, I think. Yeah. That's really the only summer movie I'm pumped. I can't get into superhero movies, guys. I can't. Now the Gatsby. Iron Man. I got a problem. Gatsby. Gatsby's a summer see, movie. I'd, I'd see the Gatsby. Fast and Furious yep. Six. Yep. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They just keep. How many do? Does it go to ten? Well, hold on. Here are your here are your summer movies. Uh, you got a Tyler Perry coming out. Doesn't matter what the title is. It's a Tyler Perry. Peoples. Tyler Perry's Peoples. Tyler, yeah, Tyler Perry's Peoples. Peoples. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man Three. I should say that superhero movies leave you flat. Star Trek. They leave me flat. Yes. Hangover sequel. No interest. That movie Epic. No. Nope. Seems seems to have nothing right. Nope. Uh, now you see me. Uh, I like that one. Looks good to me. That's the magicians that are thieves. Yeah, I love magic. You know that. I don't love that kid. Jesse Eisenberg. I'm not a fan. I kind of like him. Are we gonna do the ADD thing in every movie? Is that the thing? The Asperger's thing? Is that just the acting that's, style? I don't think that's a thing. Well, I mean, that's his acting style. Maybe he's trying uh, to raise awareness. I'm a, I think it works. 
have a telethon. All right, don't put it in my movie. Whoa, whoa, be careful. I'm just saying. Hot topic. Hot. <laughs> we are not. They're controversial. <laughs> Hot the gloves topic. are off. Look out! Go get a leather leather cuff and a uh, Skid Row T-shirt. Hot topic. Sam Pete's gonna say something to make you angry. How about the uh, then, the internship? Then it'll make you think. <laughs> the internship, I think, looks good to me. We saw, I, um, we saw yeah, a trailer for it. You're over, Vince Vaughn. Um, and... yeah, but the two of them, Owen Wilson, too. Well, I'm telling Owen Wilson. I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I, I happen to have a problem with when they do that. When they take two actors from one movie and reunite them in a in a similar movie, but as different characters, and don't call back to it. So you would have never have seen like a Hope and Crosby, like those road movies, never. No. Garbage. No. <laughs> Hope and Crosby, Rat Pack. Don't give me any of that. Nothing. No. Wow. Martin and Lewis. Martin and Lewis, not so much. Yeah. Did they make movies? Abbott and, Abbott and Costello. Left. Yeah, how about Abbott and Costello? Abbott well, they were, but they were the same in every movie. It's different. I mean, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are not a, a, a comedic team. Maybe they are. Grown Ups 2. You want to see Grown Ups 2? <laughs> Is that Sandler and Spade? Yeah, and the, the crew's back together. Oh, thank you. I didn't see Grown Ups 1. You think they've grown up? Guess again. <laughs> Hey, get this. On June 7th, some of the movies being released, uh, one is called The Wall, and another one is called Wish You Were Here. Oh, boy. PJ's taking June 7th off, Cal, by the way. We're not doing a podcast on June 7th. You know what, you know what else is coming out uh, June 7th? The Morton Downey Jr. movie. What? There's a Wait, why was I, why was I not alerted to this? There's a movie called um, Evocator, the Morton Downey Wait. Jr. movie. Look, you guys just both need to slow down. All right, hold on. You're telling me there's a Morton Downey Jr. Who's playing him, please? Have some have some imperially uh, tequila <laughs> and calm down. You didn't know Who about you? that You're movie? A mess. You're an idiot. <laughs> Whatever happened to guys who knew about movies? They're not drinking tequila, I tell you that much. They're not drinking my tequila, I tell you that much. Also coming out June 7th, Rapture Palooza. In answer my question, who's playing Morton Downey Jr.? Oh, give me uh, one second, I'll tell you. Answer the question, Claire. Talk amongst yourself. Cal, one band to see in a stadium. Who is it? You too. Yeah, that's boy. That's pretty much the stock answer there, is. right? Oh, you got to come up with a better one. No, no, you could say you two at a stadium like today. Like if I was going to a stadium today, who oh. I would want to? No, you could do all time. Van Halen. Wow, another good call. Hey, uh, David Lee Roth, Van Halen. David Lee Roth, clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's documentary Van Halen. It's it's Morton Downey as himself. Oh, oh bio- it's a biopic. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's still going to be good. I I would be very... In, he fascinates me. I'm down on it. You're downy on it? 
Is Downey Jr. on it? I, you you would watch that. Maybe you wouldn't go to a theater to watch, I would it, but watch, watch it. You'd watch it. Uh, Cal, I'm about to have another kid. I ain't going to a theater for anything. You want to know the last movie I saw in the theaters? Yes. Juno. <laughs> Come on, shut up. How is that possible? I swear to you. How Juno. Is that, how is that possible? I swear to you. I have not been to a movie in six years. A non-kids movie. A non-kids movie. Yo, I, I saw a Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days. <laughs> Please qualify that. Saw the Smurfs. The last adult movie you saw in the theater. Romeo and Juliet I saw. Juno was the last adult movie I saw in a theater. Did you like it? I did. <laughs> but were you guys big movie people before you had the kids? No. All right, that's qualify that. We were big movie people. You would go a lot. I would say three times a month. Okay. Now you just can't. You just can't do it. I told you, November sixteenth for uh, Silver Linings Playbook. May twentieth. <laughs> well, you know the dates. Yeah. Well, May twentieth for Star Trek. That's that's the last two. Huh. He just can't do it. Just can't do it. How about Pete? You haven't seen a movie in the theater since Star Wars Two, right? Since Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars Two. That's what they're calling. It. Star Wars. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Michael. <laughs> that's what Michael Imperioli calls it. I saw remember, Return of the King. You remember when Star Wars was called Empire Strikes Back? Not Star Wars Two. You doof. <laughs> I did take tequila. my kids because they're they're a little bit oh. older now. I, I did take to see them uh, at the Oz the Great and Powerful. Don't be a jackass. Either, yeah. Which was either PG or PG-13, I don't remember. Did that but movie uh, stink? It had a lot of stink to it. <laughs> it was heavy on stink? They went, they went through a great deal to really, really... Say that this was 1930s or 1920s Kansas Dust Bowl, and then right. on walk all these actors that speak and look thoroughly like modern. Jimmy Stewart, like Zach Braff. <laughs> Zach Wait, Braff you... making no effort. Then Zach to sound Braff anything... in this movie. Zach Braff is the best friend in the movie. Yeah. Oh, come on. That, uh, he's a human character, and then, of course, he's got an Oz uh, doppelganger. Heard enough. Yeah, he who plays, plays a monkey. Who, who plays his Oz doppelganger? Is it another, uh, is it Donald Faison? Zach Efron? No, 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 no. It's, it's Zach Braff voicing uh, a poorly animated monkey. I see. Because that would have been cool if they had gone the whole Scrubs route and made his Oz counterpart right. Donald Faison. <laughs> his Oz counterpart is Turk. There. And janitors in it. I can. I would say that I probably will not go to the theater to see a movie until Anchorman Two comes out. That'll be the one. That'll that'll probably be the one. Will we go see Anchorman Two? I would love that to happen. Road trip. There might be a lot of coordinating that needs to get done. <laughs> road but... trip. I love it. We have to put together a road trip to go see a movie. In December. <laughs> like it needs that much planning. Why don't we do it under the auspices of the show? Should we get, should we get a place? Maybe well, we go on... Really, 
Go on like, vacation like, rentals. See if even we though can get seeing, Even though we're seeing higher rated movies or you know PGs and PG-13s, I'm still taking the kids. It's really right. been a long time since I've seen a movie, you know, just with grown-ups. Go see grown-ups too. <laughs> That's the perfect solution. <laughs> perfect. That's not going to be it. That's not going to be the one. I'll tell you right now. Well, now you guys are both at the point where it better be something special. Like yeah. your ne- your next adult grown-up only movie watch better be better be worth it. Yeah, I'm not. Be, I'm not. <laughs> you better not go see like you know. I am not throwing it away on some Katherine Heigl rom com. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You I better... almost went to see Tree of Life, but then I didn't go. But then what happened? You thought better. Life of got it. in the way. <laughs> you it remembered? I don't have. I don't have three hours to feel bad about myself. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can't spare that three and a half hours to to feel like crap when I leave the theater. To meditate. Right. Why, that movie made you feel like crap? I, that's what I've heard. You're asking the wrong guy. What the hell have I seen? You've seen Silver Linings Playbook back in November. <laughs> that's right. And Star Trek. And Star Trek. On Sunday. You know, every now and then the wife and I will take a gander at the movies that are out. And we'll be like, oh, you want to go see this? Eh. And yeah. it's just, you know, it's... So much work. We quickly move on to, like, the uh, Stop and Shop flyer. And then we lose track of the movies. and Wheat Thins are two for one. Next thing you know, we're sitting at home watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, boy. I'm well, looking that's forward it. to the last season of Burn Notice. Got to say it. Burn Notice? You watch that show? It's a, it's a dumb show, but I do like it. <laughs> as long as you can admit that. Oh, it's, it's, it's dumb. Oh, it's dumb. Make no mistake about it. Oh, it's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell's awesome. Yeah, people love him. Well, Bruce Campbell's yeah, he's he's traditionally awesome. Uh that's that reminds me of one of your favorite movies, Beach. Bubba Hotop. <laughs> Bubba Hotep. Oh, it's so Bubba good. Hotep. Yeah. Do you know that movie, Cal? No. You never oh, you gotta see this movie. PJ drops oh. this on me one day, Bri. <laughs> I I thought I was in an Onion article. <laughs> we were having a phone conversation. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? You know, we were just talking on the phone. It was like a Tuesday, randomly. And PJ's like, watching one of my favorite movies. I'm like, oh, what's what do you, what you got there? Bubba Hotep. Seriously, come on. What are, seriously? What are you watching? You've never seen like, and then it became you've never seen Bubba Hotep. No, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. I, I, I had no idea that this movie existed. It exists. Peach, give, give Cal, give Here's Cal the, sales the, pitch you give for the Hollywood. Yeah, give, give me, give yeah. me the. You're in the room. Give me the pitch. You either latch on to this or you don't. And here, here it is. Bruce Campbell and Ozzie Davis are friends in a, a home for the aged, and. Bruce Campbell is Elvis Presley, and Ozzy Davis is JFK. And they're not, and not, they're both, not they're, think. They don't think they are. No, they're playing right. them. No, they are them in their seventies. And there's a demon on the loose. <laughs> you're either in or you're out right now. That's it. Put your money down. That's historically inaccurate. <laughs> 
And he's telling me this, Colin. I'm going, look. Did you watch it? I, I've seen it. Okay. It's magnificent. But again, you are either in or you're out. But he's, as he's telling me this, I'm like, look, I have work to do, Peach. I don't have time for your tomfoolery. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no, go on IMDb. It's a real movie, I swear. I can't not, believe you've it's like life-altering and awesome. It's just goofy and awesome. The fact that it's a real movie alone. Yeah, like somebody, somebody, wa- somebody walked in and pitched that. <laughs> That's right. There's a crew of 200 people that worked on that. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It's not easy to make a movie. A lot of people Speaking gotta of go. Which, gotta go to work. <laughs> the one movie that I the, well, there's two movies that I think I'm looking forward to. I don't know if I'll get to either. Uh, All right. One sir. is Man. One is Man of Steel, and one is World War Z. Oh, did you read the book though? That's Max Brooks. I, well, I'm thinking of doing it in uh, in reverse order. I'm gonna. See that's the that's there. Mel Brooks's uh, sign. Yeah. Yeah, I've never read the book. I I I think I want. I think I want to read the book though before. I see that. Although we saw the trailer for that on Sunday, and oh man, that look. Oh, there's this, this other movie out, guys, called Last Vegas. Have you seen this? What's that? that? Have you seen a trailer for it? Is that a true story? This is uh, Michael Douglas, Kevin Klein, Robert De Niro, and Morgan Freeman playing old friends who go to Vegas for Michael Douglas's bachelor party. He's getting married. He's like a, you know in his sixties and he's getting married, and they go to Vegas for a bachelor party. It that looks good. Looks very funny. There's a scene where Morgan Freeman, they're all drinking Red Bull and vodka. And Morgan Freeman's like, I feel like I'm getting drunk, but then I feel like I'm being electrocuted at the same time. It's fantastic. I think I'm going to dance. It's like, really? It, it looks good. It does look good. All right, we got to wrap this up because we, we are coming in under two hours. We are? I, yes. Look at that. Is I've there got, anything else to talk about? I've got, well, I need PJ's one band for a stadium concert. One band. I think I know what he's going to say. That I, that I that I can prove because I've seen them, or that I just imagine no. is the best. Just you imagine is the best. Oh boy! Or that you've seen could be either one, right? Well, no. Then do one and one. Best stadium concert you've ever seen? Go. Stadium. It's probably you too. It's probably you too. Okay. Best. Imagine best stadium concert. Any band. Go. Stadium's big, and I, I've heard can't put anything past. <laughs> not in it. Stadium. Not in amphitheater. <laughs> not. Stadiums are big, and I've heard, I've heard things about the Stones. Okay, so you're going vintage at the height of their power, Stones. Yeah. Okay, it's fair. Like like give, give me shelter uh, era Stones. Excellent. All right, Cal, best stadium show you've ever seen. Best stadium show I've ever seen, McCartney. McCartney, City Field. Field. Okay. Best you can imagine, any band, all time. Uh, all time. See, I, I said Van Halen before, but 
I, I could probably imagine something better than Van Halen. Yeah, that's fine. Van Halen on, like, you know, Van Halen 1 or Van Halen 2. Early, you know? yeah. yeah. Like 79. Right, at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, at Dodger Stadium, that's right. Where David Lee Ross in his home, you know, his home ballpark. I think that, that yeah, that'd be probably, right. probably pretty good. Let's stick with it. How about you? Best I've ever seen is Pink Floyd at Yankee Stadium. Wow. Tremendous show. I went to those. Yeah. That's the best stadium show I've ever seen. Uh, keep in mind, that's like on a list of three. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but definitely Floyd at Yankee Stadium. Best I can imagine. Oh, Doctor. You know who was probably really good? Like Guns N' Roses. I was thinking them. Like Appetite at, at like Meadowlands. Or something like that. Oh, no, no. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I have to do this, gentlemen. I have to say, like, Queen at, like, Wembley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably... Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Queen at, like, Wembley would be... Well, Live Aid. You think of Live Aid. Right. You think of Live Aid. Queen would be pretty, pretty good. And you think of that, like, a full show of that. I've seen you two three times, but never in a stadium. I've seen them in an arena three times. Never in a stadium. I gotta say, YouTube probably be pretty good too. I've never. I, seen I worked a week of giant stadium shows, and they were wow. With YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. I work. I work. Springsteen. Springsteen. Yeah, not a fan. You know how I am with him. No, I know. I know. I'm just thinking. We've talked about well, listen, it. Listen, I did. I did. I, would, I tell you, I, I would throw I Joel in there Billy for Joel me. albums. Yeah, I was just gonna say I would throw Joel in there for me. Like Joel at Shea Stadium would be pretty good for me. I yeah, I saw that. It wasn't. It was disappointing, believe it or not. Is that right? Yeah, that's disappointing to hear. Last play at Shea was disappointing. You were at last play at Shea. I was at what was supposed to be the last play at Shea, and, and then they, they added the second right. show. And my wife never stops talking about that. You know how she holds well, a grudge. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. She was she was furious. She said, "How do they do that? What do they? Why don't they add the show before?" She was furious. Hates him now. Hates him. Right. As if it was it was personal. She took it very personally. She took it very personally. Hates him. That's fantastic. Now what? I'm sorry, PJ. What did you say about Billy Joel? You bought a whole bunch of Billy Joel. I bought a, a Billy Joel or his record company. Uh, went the route of high-def audio, finally, and put out some SACDs, some super audio CDs. I know I've talked about these before. You have. Okay, I'm sorry. But he put out uh, Turnstiles and 52nd Street and uh, The Stranger and Glass Houses. You can't find a better four-album stretch, I don't think. That's pretty good. Turnstile is probably my favorite album of his. Actually, if I'm if I'm ranking Billy Joel albums, which I'm sure everybody wants to hear me do, uh, I would it would Turnstiles would probably be one. You know what's you know what's like a two for me is Nylon Curtain. I love Nylon Curtain. Yeah. Oh yeah, I picked up Nylon Curtain too. That's well. That's part of that stretch actually. That's right yeah. after Glass Houses. It's right? a tremendous Glass Houses. A pretty good album. That's a stranger. 
Stranger. Wow, but I, you know what? I I like Turnstiles better than uh, The Stranger. I think Stranger gets a little... Uh, maudlin's not the right word. That was the word I was thinking. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's a little maudlin for me. I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's there's Vienna, there's scenes. I, I mean, I get that, but... Turnstiles is like up and angry a little bit still and a little still gritty and there's the entertainer on there and and the entertainer's like so pissed off. You know? Wait, entertainers yeah, entertainers on Turnstiles, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's a tremendous stretch. But Glass House is a tremendous album. Ridiculously good album. Very little piano it, on it. Is it just us with Billy Joel? It's Long Island. It is, right? It's a big I think mean? so. Well, PJ, you tell me. What do you mean? Well, because I mean, very Teresa, popular. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Teresa doesn't get Billy Joel the way we do. He's he's getting full catalog reissues in 2013. I think he's selling. No, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a a huge artist. I mean, he is, but I I just think there's it's something about a guy from where you're from. He you was know, a big on Staten Island. Was he? He, he? he he had yeah, he had similar cred in Staten Island. It didn't matter that he was from Long Island. I mean, otherwise we would have just had White Lion. I mean, gee, come on. What else <laughs> do we have really in Staten Island? Wait, wait. <laughs> we, I never had a chance to love you. We had Ricky Schroeder and Glenn Scarpelli and White Lion. Glenn Scarpelli. Glenn Scarpelli. We had Glenn Scarpelli, darn it. Hey, Mrs. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Romano. Miss Romano, I broke the plant. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> okay. Good sports show. Somewhat. <laughs> this is fun. PJ, final unload. The album of the week. Uh, by default. <laughs> Good sports show. <laughs> is Modern Vampires of the City, the new Vampire Weekend. And I don't love it, but given what else came out this week, um, and I I wanted to do a new album, and the other albums are just terrible. There's like Darius Rucker and Demi Lovato and Justin Timberlake, and and it's all awful. So go get Vampire Weekend, because at least it doesn't suck. (laughs) Cal, final on the... Sergio Garcia was asked if he'd be inviting Tiger Woods to dinner next week at the U.S. Open. To which he replied, we'll have him around every night. We'll serve fried chicken. Oh, no, he didn't. Stop. Did he really? Thanks, Sergio Garcia. Wow. Wow. 2013. Wow. Thank you. Oh, boy. I can't top that one. Wow. What do you mean? 2013. Oh my goodness! Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, my final unload We're is still doing that. Simply a two-word review. No, um, <laughs> I don't have an official final unload, but I will say this: at some point on this show, we will talk about the fact that the that MMA exists, and I still don't know why. I really think boxing is barbaric enough. 
I really do. So I would like to talk about that maybe next week. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Good night, everybody, for PJ Cachopo and, of course, my partner in crime, Brian Calvi. That's it for RTU. Good night, boys. Get some tequila. That's right, you jerk.